Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. Hi, Kat. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast episode. So excited to talk into your journey. Um, let's start off by just hearing who you are and what you get up to. Yeah, so thank you so much for asking me to be on. Um, my name's Kat, Kat Horrocks. I am a women's life and career coach based in Manchester in the UK. And my work really... Um, stems from my passion for women particularly supporting women to put themselves first and achieve their goals so that's kind of my mo as a coach and I offer one-to-one coaching group coaching I also host a podcast myself and so yeah that's like why I always joke but it's true that's why I get out of bed in the morning (laughs) is to help women put themselves first so that's um, my like life's mission if I die knowing that I've helped women do that then I'll be happy (laughs) I think that's so amazing though like you joke about it but I think it's something that um a lot of people spend many years of their lives finding out what should be the thing that gets them out of bed in the morning if that makes sense I think we we roll into stuff and it's like this is why I get up in the morning because I have this job and this career and this thing but when you kind of know within yourself like I am being super intentional in this moment this is why I was put on the planet this is forever going to be my legacy this is forever going to be like my focus I think that's such a powerful moment um so yes I love 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 that um and I guess connected to that did you always know that this would be your mission no so I had a I've always worked for myself since I left college and my first business was makeup. I used to be a bridal makeup artist. Um, So that kind of ties into my journey of how I discovered coaching, which I can go into Mm. if you want. But um, I have always been like, I've always been a girl's girl. I've always loved um, connecting with other women. Like I've never been one of... I hate saying one of those women, but I've never been one of those women who says, oh, girls are really bitchy. I don't have girlfriends. I prefer to hang out with guys. Like, I'm the exact opposite of that. <laughs> I yeah. was also the girl at school that was like, ugh, boys. Like, right. <laughs> don't, want don't want to play football. Like, just want to hang out with the girls. Um, and so that kind of evolved into like my own um feminism like really discovering that in college and how you know the whole equality thing is going Mm. on like that was news to me um and that became like a real passion and I've always loved like connecting one-on-one with people so yeah it was kind of it's always been part of who I am but I think it was going into the workplace, starting my first business, but then reflecting back on why I loved that work. What was it about that work that um, really connected with me and then kind of connecting the dots from there? But if I hadn't done all of that, then I wouldn't have discovered it because I always think that's an important point to make. Um, I do feel really lucky and blessed to know, like, the trajectory that I want to go down and I know not many people like many people feel like they get up in the morning and they're constantly searching for that thing Mm. but I also like did a lot of soul searching and a lot of things that I didn't like and a lot of things that you know I did like in order to kind of connect the dots and add up all that stuff yeah 100% and I think that's something that I I always want to celebrate on this podcast that's why it's called the journey I think it's it's very easy sometimes to assume that there was this magical sort of Disney like moment where it's like voila 
I am now of age. I have my NI number and I know exactly what I'm going to do. Off I go. (laughs) Um, And a lot of the times it's not, it's really not that straightforward. And you mentioned a lot of kind of about figuring out kind of what wasn't for you. I mean, feeling your way through it. And I think it's so funny because like at first glance, it's like bridal makeup artist, coach. But I, I'm thinking back to like, I got my makeup done last year for my cousin's wedding and I was in that chair for a good 90 minutes. And it's this moment where it is quite similar to when you go to a hairdresser's, but not quite as much because it's like, unless you're an absolute celebrity, you don't see that makeup artist on a regular basis um, in that sense. So it's just like for this very special moment, either for you or for someone else. Um, And I think especially as a woman, it, it is, I don't know. I'm probably explaining this in a very horrible way. But it is a moment where you get for yourself part of part of it because you you can't move. You literally can't move. So as much as you may want to multitask in life, you have to learn to be mindful or put something good on the TV because you have to keep yourself still and calm and poised and just chill out while somebody works their magic on you. And I think that in of itself puts you in this different headspace, because for me, the morning of my cousin's wedding was crazy. And I was the first person in the chair just because I wake up before everybody else. But I was sitting in this chair and people were getting ready and somebody was like safety bin and somebody was like, could somebody zip me in? And it was like all this chaos. Yeah, I was sitting in this chair with my eyes closed. Yeah. Just chilling. <laughs> just just chilling. Yeah. So um yeah, connect the dots for us. So how did how did you get from being a makeup artist to being a coach? Yeah, so thank you so much for sharing that um, experience and perspective because that's what I definitely found with my clients too. Like for so many women, I think it's becoming more the norm now to get makeup done more often for special occasions, or at least it is for some women. But, you know, by and large, it is like a special occasion, like a wedding. So women who, you know, I most of my clients either hadn't had their makeup done before or had only had it done on like a handful of occasions and so yeah it was super special and obviously it's someone's wedding day so it was really makeup like doing someone's makeup is very intimate anyway because you rarely get that close to someone if you don't know them unless you know (laughs) your lash girl or someone else like they're literally in your face yeah. And obviously, you know, I got so comfortable talking, having conversations, like we've all we've all confided in, you know, a woman whilst we have like a beauty service, whether it's yeah. me or there, whatever. So I've had like so many conversations with women about their relationships, you know, maybe not with brides, but <laughs> like breakups <laughs> or boy drama or whatever else. Um, so it's very intimate and there's a lot of communication and a lot of connection I also think it's really like for me the power of makeup was the power of that kind of inner transformation within a woman especially because it's so special and it's such a treat for her if you're not like most of my clients would be women who did get ready like they'd you know they do makeup for work and stuff or a night out Mm. but it's very different to you know invest money into a professional doing it and so seeing that not the before and after from like a visual perspective but yeah in the before and after from like a spatial perspective like the space a woman takes up when she feels her absolute best yeah she looks in that mirror and she's just like thank you like (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) she she might feel confident she might feel sexy she might feel you know like regal like a perfect princess bride whatever it is that she wants to feel like being part of that was really special um and so when it comes so backtracking to what I was saying before about discovering what I didn't want a big part of makeup, of course, is working very antisocial hours. And I've always been someone who 
I'll openly admit I'm quite selfish with my time. You know, the reason I became self-employed was I'm not good at someone else telling me what to do. <laughs> so a big kind of lure for me was having that freedom and flexibility over my own schedule. Of course, with weddings, you don't really have that because most people get married from Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. And so I remember I was like, you know, a year, like 18 months in, it was just starting to kind of take off and get bu- get busier and busier. And I remember thinking, I love doing this. Like, like I just said, I love... I love everything about the job itself apart from the hours and the time and I asked myself like would I still want to be doing this when I'm 40 Mm -hmm. and the answer was a definite no and so in the back of my mind I knew I knew I needed to do something else eventually it was just a case of like what what that is and when is that gonna happen so Throughout this time, kind of in the background, and a big part of why I got into makeup in the first place was I've always loved um, reading blogs, like watching YouTube videos, following people on Instagram, like consuming content online. And so whilst I used to, like at the time when I first got into makeup, I was watching like all the beauty bloggers on YouTube doing the makeup. Yet over time... I kind of fell into this whole personal development world and that became a huge, huge passion. And so I was reading, I was watching Marie Folio, I was listening to podcasts, I was like gobbling up all of this stuff. And I started sharing that with my own audience. So I would, you know, be talking about makeup one week And then the next week I'd be talking about confidence or um, self-belief or, you know, the themes that, as we've just discussed, do really tie in to that, like, more aesthetic side of, you know, self-care and looking at, like, looking after yourself, but is much deeper. And I realised I was getting more from that kind of inner stuff with my clients and the like the aesthetic kind of physical part of it was just almost like the mechanism for achieving that Mm. so that woman could have felt like that from going getting a hair done you know it wouldn't matter necessarily what the thing was yeah the result that she got from it was feeling really good so when I realized the one-on-one connection and the support and the um, you know, boosting that woman up was the part that I loved. And this whole like self-development world was unfolding for me. I realized that that was something deeper, something that I could kind of dive into more and something that I felt in my gut, because I'm a big fan of that gut feeling. Yeah. Something I felt in my gut that would evolve with me throughout my life and that's when I started putting the pieces together at the time I didn't have a clue what that like what that meant or what that could be so what I actually did was hire a coach myself so I hired a business coach and I essentially said to her like I'm currently doing this I don't want to be doing it long term I want to do something online relating to personal development. I don't know what that is. You need to help me figure that out. <laughs> yeah. I like love the- that. That coach must have been like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we worked together for about six months. Um, I'll just tell everyone who it is. It was Jen Carrington. She's amazing. Oh, cool. Um, we, I was going to ask as well, like name drop, please. Yeah, yeah. This, you mentioned Marie Folio. I'm doing B school. She's kicking my butt, but I love her. Oh, the loving I'm, kicking of the butt. I'm a B schooler. I did. I started it last year. Ah, really, really hard. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of like shouting out who you follow, who you've bought from, who you're taught by. I think that's so important. So 
yeah, after like two or three months of real soul searching and coaching with Jem, we kind of stumbled on this whole concept of, you know, helping women put themselves first and what that meant. And then she really laid out kind of the options for me in terms of how to earn money online, offering a service that helps people achieve that result. So coaching was like a a God light bulb moment for me. I was just like, oh my God, this is exactly what I should be doing. And this is, this like fits me like down to a T. And I remember being in college and well kind of like late high school college for quite a number of years I was set on being a therapist that was my you know one of my when I grow up I want to be things um and I actually had a lot of like unhealed stuff around not being good at maths and not being good at science so I obviously never ended up doing a medical degree and becoming a psychotherapist but and you know and we'll get into the difference between coaching and therapy they are very different but it was a real like full circle moment for me because I've always wanted to connect with people I've always wanted to help people and yeah that's how I discovered coaching so very long-winded story sorry for rambling on but no definitely not a ramble I think this is like this is the reality of it and I think it's so powerful that you in that moment of kind of searching, like once you had that realization, I don't want to do this until I'm 40. I think it's so amazing that you took the brave step to seek the support, to figure out, okay, if I'm not doing this when I'm 40, what do I want to be doing? Because I think we we downplay the fact that that is a brave thing to do. It's very easy to kind of tick along, you know, and from the sound of it, like makeup was doing well. So it's not, you know, it's not that you you were forced to figure this out because of something external. Um, it was just an internal sort of calling, something that you needed to almost like, I kind of describe it as unpicking. It seems a bit like unpicking is a bit of an aggressive word, but it's kind of that. It's it's like, um, you know, this, this thread is kind of like hanging loose here. Let me figure out why it's hanging loose and what the dealio is and should I re-sew this thing back up, change this dress into a skirt, whatever. I, I went, I got carried away with the metaphor, but <laughs> hopefully you get it. Um, but essentially, you know, you've, you've got that sort of thing that you need to find out what it is. It's pulling at the string. It's pressing the red button that says push me. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's amazing. So shout out to Jen Carrington and Marie Forleo for influencing uh, us in very positive ways. And you touched on it before as well, because, um, this is another reason why I, I, you know, I was so excited to connect with you because, um, I think what you do a really good job of is letting people know what to expect when they work with you. And a huge part of that for you, um, and probably also myself where we discuss life and we discuss career, um, and, you know, we describe ourselves as coaches is having to explain the differences between coaching, counseling, psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, all those different things that are still kind of classed as talking therapies overall. So that's the, that is the politically correct way of describing all of us. But I think it's, you know, it's different. It's definitely different. And then also, you know, sometimes there's coaching um, that is described as coaching, but it's mentoring or it's a mixture. So like, what have been your experiences um, with that, especially as somebody who, was going down the path of psychotherapy? Yeah, so really great question and something that comes up a lot and I think a lot of people are probably wondering about but wouldn't ask. So I think the more we (laughs) talk about those differences and nuances, the better. Um, So starting with coaching and therapy and counselling. So I, in a really like overly simplified way, because therapy does use so many techniques that coaches use and coaches use techniques that are used in therapy yeah so there is a lot, I do want to say like there is a lot of crossover 
in terms of the exercises and what you might be asked to do and what you might be asked to explore and all this kind of stuff. But therapy, you know, if someone is a therapist, they're like, they've got a medical license and they are qualified to work with people, whether that be diagnosing or treating people who have anxiety depression or are struggling in any way with their mental health um i don't actually know how counseling crosses over with that but i think <laughs> with counseling they they will have like what they will be qualified to deal with that to a certain degree but obviously with therapy you're a doctor so yeah <laughs> you're like qualified to diagnose and treat anxiety and depression um, and other mental health issues so that's a really important distinction because if someone thinks that they are struggling with any of that and they need medical and you know, they need help from a medical professional then coaches aren't in a position to do that what coaches can do is work either alongside that as like a complementary thing or kind of following on from that. So in a really overly simplified way, I use the example of like future, past, you know, future, present, sorry, past, present and future. So a therapist might be dealing with something really, you know, really intense like trauma or PTSD or sexual abuse that you've experienced as a child, you know, something really serious and so they really need to support you to dig that up from your past and to process it whereas with a coach a coach wouldn't necessarily be asking you about that well first of all they're not they're not qualified to talk about that but a coach would be focusing on your future on your on your present and your future so what are your goals what do you want to do with, with your life? Like, what do you want to add? What's missing from your life that's making you feel unfulfilled? How can I support you to take steps forward to achieving that for yourself? So that's a really, really oversimplified way of looking at it because, of course, therapists talk about goals. <laughs> and, of course, some coaches probably do end up talking about the past. But generally, like, really deep, serious stuff is for your therapist and many of my clients have been through therapy and have reached a point where they feel really confident in you know getting on top of their anxiety or really managing the trauma or whatever it is they're dealing with and they feel confident and in a position to move forward and I think with coaching you have to have reached that point for yourself and no one can tell you what that point is but you have to have reached a point where you feel confident to start moving forward to the life you want to live, the life you deserve, the goals you want to achieve. And so, you know, therapy and counselling can help you get there, mm -hmm. but you're not in a position where your coach can serve you if you're not there yet. So that's a really, really important distinction. And I always say, like, if anyone comes on a discovery call, I'm sure you'll be the same. Um, if they ever thought that like working with a coach could help them not be depressed anymore or whatever then the first thing I say is like let's rewind like please go and see your GP please you know see a therapist or whatever is suitable for them so that's coaching and therapy um, coaching and mentoring is another really great distinction and I'm glad you mentioned that because mentoring is very different to coaching and sometimes I see and hear about coaches who are more of a mentor and that's fine because you know coach is kind of one of those umbrella terms that everyone's using now and that's great and that's fine because it's easy to it's easy to grasp now or it's easier to grasp but mentoring is very much I have experience, I am good at what I do, I have a decade's worth or more of experience in this field and I'm going to 
mentor you and support you and walk you through it and be, you know, maybe critiquing you along the way or giving you advice or giving you a step-by-step plan. And that's awesome. And many times in my life, I've needed that (laughs) many times, you know, I'm sure we've all needed someone to walk, to like hold our hand and walk us through. With coaching, coaching in the traditional sense is actually not telling people what to do. As a coach, we believe in the power of asking questions and trusting that the the coachee knows the answer and knows what is best for them. So a coach would you know ask questions and really help you delve into that issue and perhaps even write your own step-by-step plan (laughs) based on you know really open-ended sometimes quite annoying questions that make you think about your life and reflect um I'm sure you get this as well sometimes a client will explicitly ask for advice they'll say what do you think I should do Kat and so sometimes as coaches, we do kind of cross over and cross back again into yeah. that mental role. But by, by and large, coaching is, isn't telling you what to do. It's helping you discover what you want to do or what is right for you, what is the next step for you. So it almost like it puts, it puts the power and the emphasis on the client more so than like I am this really important person and you're going to pay me money to tell you what to do (laughs) yeah (laughs) no I think you put it so well and there were so many moments through that where I was just like yes we're annoying what do you think Jazz and then I have to go what do you think and then they blink and they look at you like what the hell this is not what I signed up for you really not going to tell me what you think and I have to take a deep breath (laughs) and just remember ultimately um you know that's that's 100% what it's about and I 100% relate to that because that's how I find coaching through experience in coaching and I was that person I was the coachy that was like what do you mean I thought I I came here for some blueprints and some three-step plans to like sort my life out why are you asking me what I think and I think it's quite interesting as well because the more and more I experienced coaching myself, the more and more I realized that as I became an adult or to a certain extent throughout the whole of life, we're used to people telling us what to do. You have your teacher. Oh, you could have gotten better marks on this. Oh, okay, miss, what do you think I should do? I'll do a couple extra chapters. Two hours a day should be fine. And off you trot with your sort of prescriptive plan for fixing things. So then when you get to this adult age where you've gotten used to, whether it's a lecturer, your dissertation supervisor, your supervisor at work, your manager, your mentor as well, because you tend to typically, you typically encounter a mentor before you encounter a coach, if that makes it. Well, that was my experience. Like in uni and in school, it was like, get yourself a mentor. But nobody told you kind of what coaches were, which is fine. Um, but it just meant by the time I was asked those questions, I was like, what do you mean? Nobody ever asked me what I think, like maybe my friends, boyfriends, you know, the peeps that are close to you that'll be like, you know, how are you really feeling about this? So it was that first sort of awkward moment. But then once I got over that, I realized how amazing it is to be cognizant of what I think and what I feel. And I, I think that's something that's so powerful in coaching. And it's a similar thing that's powerful in journaling, because once you're like spewing words and it's like, oh, wow. I thought I was over that, but I'm, I'm not over that. Okay, fine. Ah, okay. Um, it's that whole process of introspection and getting to know yourself. Like I, I describe my coaching as helping people amplify their own voice. And it's like, it's not find it because it's still there. I don't believe it actually went away. It's just, you stopped hearing it. Everyone else's voices just got louder. Um, And I think especially as women, because you specialize in working with women, I don't specialize yet, but I find I attract women. So most of my client base are women and we're so used to having like a teeny weeny voice, whether that's like in the household, whether that's in the workplace, even in our businesses, I've known some badass women do some amazing things and they'll be the last person to tell you that they did it. Yeah. Comfortable in the corner. Um, you know, and um, 
the actual episode before this we were kind of discussing comfort zones and if you're allowed to have them as entrepreneurs <laughs> but it also kind of makes me reflect on that concept for for life do we do we want to have comfort zones are they a safe space to be is it okay to want to just be safe for a while because again in, in what you touched on with knowing when you're ready for a coach versus therapy that's a huge part of it like my own personal experiences I, I came to coaching through my experience of anxiety um and then probably about a year on from that I found myself freelancing for a month which was wonderful on the face value but then my mental health just evolved and it got to the point where I'd gone to the NHS and I was doing CBT but I was also doing coaching at the same time so not coaching myself like coaching clients I wasn't working clients during that period but I had a coach and I had to have that conversation with my coach to say I am in this space of baby steps right now. I'm also doing a lot of hard work in, uh, it was actually CBT that I did. So cognitive behavioral therapy. So I'm doing a lot with that. So I don't think I can take on this forward looking motion because at the moment I'm being encouraged and rightfully so to think of safety, to think of comfort, to think of happiness, to think of the present moment and not get too tied up in the future. Um, so I think it's quite interesting how we can flow through them. Um, and I'm loving the fact that through whatever all of them are doing, so all of them as in therapists, coaches, mentors, the conversation about personal development beyond reading a book, going to a seminar and having that personalized experience is more normal. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you go therapy. It's more like, yes, just like I take my vitamins, I go therapy. And it's like, oh, okay. It's a new world. <laughs> it's literally a new world. Yeah, it's amazing. And like people, I feel like we'll all flow through that journey and back again at different points. And it's like at some points in life, you'll just need therapy. At some points in life, you might want to hire a coach. And then 10 years later, you might need to go back to therapy. And it's like, it's so like, it's amazing how these tools are there for you and like you say there is nothing like being in a virtual room or in a real life room hopefully <laughs> once coronavirus is over with someone and having them like hold space for you and mm. really hear you and help you like no one in the modern world so many people don't feel like seen and heard they're not even seeing and hearing themselves like you say they're like pushing their gut instincts and what they want to do and what they think out and they're like let me turn to google let me turn to my friend for advice let me turn to my teacher and it's so it's such like a it's such a pleasure to help people reconnect with that mm. and like you say how incredible it is that in the modern world more and more it's being you know it's destigmatized the fact that like we all we all need that support at different points in our lives. And for many people, we'll all benefit from it, like on a continuous basis for our whole life. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like even, it's probably a very small thing, but to me it was huge when I was doing my coaching training and a huge part of it was learning to listen. So we're doing all these listening exercises. And I think I was like part way through it. And I was just like, I can't remember how we got into the conversation, but my boyfriend basically said, this training's amazing because you don't cut me off anymore. And I was like, wow, me doing this quote unquote work, even though I'm just training and a lot of it is around kind of doing lots of back-to-back -back coaching sessions, but again, intentional deep listening exercises actually made me a better girlfriend. So that is a metaphor for working on yourself usually um, impacts other people in a positive way way even if it doesn't feel like it at first as well because I'm not going to pretend that coaching conversations end up with rosy solutions all the time you know sometimes a client or the coachee will come to the conclusion they have to have a tough conversation or you know they've been honest with themselves inside a session and now it's time to be honest with the people that matter um, about certain things but I think ultimately it's that it's that growth that yeah when he told me that I was like oh my gosh okay cool um 
and I guess that it doesn't bring me along because it doesn't connect, but I'm going there anyway. So you focus on getting people to put themselves first. Like that is the name of your podcast. Tell me about that. Why should we do that? Yeah, so it totally does tie in because I was just thinking that when you were talking. Oh, cool. So only towards the end of you talking because I was also actively listening. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's so important and how, like, I love that. I love that story of your relationship because it really, like, it really does. The The better you are, the better you feel, the more you give and the more it, that like positive amazing energy bleeds into like every area of your life so yeah that is totally the put yourself first message and obviously I work with women but I think everyone again it's 2020 like we're so hyper connected on our phones all day feeling like we have to be switched on constantly feeling like you know if we're not on Instagram if we're not saying yes to everything if we're not doing all the things then we're going to miss out we're going to be left behind and we end up like creating a rod for our own back because we get burnt out and we say yes to too much and we have too much on our plate and when that happens we are you know trying to give 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 but we have nothing left. Mm. And so the put yourself first message is really about making sure that you are whole, you are like 100% you (laughs) before you then go out into the world. Because if you are full, if you are whole, whatever that means to you, whether that means you are healthy, you have slept, (laughs) you have had a good breakfast you have had an hour to watch Netflix on the couch and not talk to another human being whatever it it means for you to feel 100% you and to feel really really good if you feel like that and then you go out into the world like you shared in that example you're going to be a better partner you're going to be a better friend you're going to be better at your job you're going to be better you know you're going to be better in all of those other areas that you care about but yet (laughs) so many of us particularly women tend to feel you know guilty tend to feel ashamed for wanting that, like ashamed for wanting more pleasure in our lives, more rest in our lives, because ev- all the kind of media and societal messages are do more, be more, have more, earn more, 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 more. <laughs> and sometimes we have to give ourselves permission to take that step back in order to feel that 100%. So that's what a lot of my work revolves around is supporting women to prioritize themselves, whether that be, like I said, whether that be their well-being, whether that be, you know, having that hard conversation as you shared, whether that be taking a step towards their goal because it's their goal and it's important to them and it doesn't relate to being a mom or it doesn't relate to being a wife or, you know, having in their office job it might be they want to learn new language it might be they want to travel the world it might be they want to learn pole dancing like (laughs) there are so many things that we can when we take a step back um and just set aside like an hour to ourselves in the week it doesn't have to be like every single day just small moments or you know that weekly thing that you have that is just for you, that is topping up that tank, that is adding that percentage up to be 100%. That's really what Put Yourself First is. Amazing. And I love that you highlighted that it doesn't have to be every day. I think especially, um, I'm not going to blame it totally on social media because I feel like it was there before, but there's this idea that for you to be doing self-care properly or living a healthy life properly or doing xyz properly you have to do it at least five times a week you know every day you have to be really prescribed with it you have to have it as a routine and it's just like get it in where you can fit it in 
and do what feels right for you. So, you know, if Sunday wasn't a self-care Sunday, that's fine. Your body will let you know what you need to do to top up. Because sometimes you don't need a whole day of pampering. Sometimes you just need to just go for a random walk. You know, literally put the lasagna in the oven and go out for a walk. (laughs) Oh my God, I have a lasagna. It's in the oven. Oh my God. This is so weird. (laughs) Anybody else listening making lasagna, drop us a note. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Two things you said there. So number one is this concept that I, again, come up against with clients is making self-care and well-being like another thing on your to-do list, Mm. which is no fun for anyone. Like this stuff is supposed to be indulgent, like really good stuff that we look forward to and adds into our day rather than like another thing to feel guilty about. You don't need another thing on your to-do list. Like there's already enough on there. You don't need another thing to feel guilty about not doing because you already feel guilty about doing the other 10 things that you've not done this week. And so self-care should be like, should be something you look forward to and it should be very reactive, like you've said. Mm. So maybe you have a really busy day, but you can go for a short walk on your lunch break. Or maybe you have, um, you know, maybe you are just knackered and rather than go to the gym, even though you said you should go to the gym five days a week. You just want to lie on the couch and eat chocolate. Like it's very much, you do you, like you do what you do. And the second point, which I need, I need you to like reverse back because I've just forgotten what I was going to say. What did you say towards the end there? Saying chocolate is on you in the oven, go for a walk. That was it. it in whenever you can. Yeah. I've got it. it. (laughs) The second thing is not have like not having it need to be this huge event. So I think it's very stereotypical now that people think self-care is this like at home spa day or going to a hot yoga class. Like and it has to be that. Yeah. But it could literally be making a lasagna. <laughs> like that for me totally self-care. I love cooking and it's something I do every day. And so I think you can add those moments into your day in like a really seamless way because you're going to do them anyway. Like you're going to cook, you're going to you're going to make a coffee in the morning. So why not like really enjoy making your coffee? Yeah. In your favourite mug and breathe it in and stand on your back doorstep and look at the sky whilst you drink it. Like, why not? <laughs> make it an experience, people. Exactly. Like why Your not? Pleasures. More moments. <laughs> those small seemingly insignificant things just like an, just extra just make it extra yeah. that's be my extra. I, th- I feel like that's going to be the title of the podcast put yourself first and be extra yes Boom. oh amazing and I didn't touch on this at the beginning but those that are listening Kat has a different accent to me Kat is in Manchester she already told us this um and I want to tuck into that a little bit because I'm a Londoner I exist in this very London-centric entrepreneurial bubble um and it is very much a bubble and I don't think it should be because first of all for those that are listening if you're not from the UK there are other places in the UK where people live and civilization and careers flourish you know um it's not all just fields and stuff like I feel like there's sometimes this concept that like London is the place with the tall buildings and the shiny uh you know rooftop bars and all of that good cosmopolitan life and that's not the case like some of my favorite places in the UK are just not in London like Liverpool Manchester Birmingham Leeds Edinburgh but we're getting a slice of Manchester today and I'd just love to hear from you like what's your experience been especially as you've been self-employed for quite some time so you've been doing this entrepreneurial sort of journey for a bit what what is it like in Manchester what should we be checking out yeah so I love for for a start like I'm very much a proud northerner and I do um totally resonate with what you're saying um you know, we, we all love London, like all Northerners, even though they might not admit it, like they probably do love London because 
it's so it does feel like you're in a different country when you go to London you feel the energy feels different it feels like a bubble like you say it feels like a new a different place to the rest of the UK but yeah I'm totally a proud Mancunian and I think Manchester in particular is a great hub of of you know creativity and kind of independent in just like the power of the power of the people like the power of you know small independent artists independent coffee shops like that's one of the big things that I love about Manchester is yes you've got like your typical it is it is very much a typical city that is you know there's a lot of growth there's a lot of there's a lot of expansion happening Sim, probably similarly to London like you can't really walk down a street without seeing um you know and stuff <laughs> yeah building sites like the I feel like the whole of Manchester is just a building site at the moment because <laughs> there is so much like it is flourishing but I love I love Manchester because independent artists independent cafes like small restaurants you know artists like creative freelancers all these kind of things that people have poured like so much love and time and energy into really flourish and the community really gets behind it and and like gobbles it up like if there's a new coffee shop in Manchester everyone is there checking it out They're like oh another place to eat avocado on toast let me go, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and yeah that's like that's something I'm really proud of and that's something I've experienced for myself like when you do go to networking events um you just meet so many cool people and there is so much going on um in terms of like what I would recommend as an entrepreneur, again, I'm very like female focused, but there it there is and has been like a lot of cool stuff going on here. Um, one thing I have to shout out, not female focused, but con- like more kind of online content blogging focused mm-hmm. is WeBlog North. So that's a community run by one of my really good friends, Holly, and. I wouldn't be at the stage I am now in my business if I didn't have that community. Mm. So that's, you know, an online community, but also based in Manchester. And there's a lot, there's loads of, you know, meetups and events and stuff that I've been to over the years. Um, I wouldn't be where I am now without that community because I've met so many people. I've met so many lifelong friends through it. Mm. I've got clients from it. Um, and, it's just like supported me because as you'll know, networking events can be a real lifeline, especially when you're first starting out because it's so lonely, like just sat at home with your laptop. And so there is a lot going on in Manchester in terms of that side of things and people meeting up and chatting about business and chatting about, you know, what do I post on Instagram? How do I set up as a tax how do I sell my tax like, the, <laughs> if, if struggling- like help anyone got an accountant they can recommend like yesterday Please. exactly yeah like I need to build a website how do I do that <laughs> yeah no I think that's so true and I think it's so lovely that it is still very much independent like I think um London you know, even if you go back to the industrial revolutions, if we go all the way back there, but it was sold the dream of the chains and the corporates. So it's only just now, I'd probably say in the past five, six years where we've seen independent businesses start to take back the high street and independent businesses sort of pop up and do their own thing and really be supported. You know, we joke about the avocado and toast, but Starbucks only did that the other day they're late to the party you know it's the independent businesses that are really blazing the trail with all of these things that we now absolutely love um and become part of our sort of day-to-day lives and I think that's one thing that's quite interesting you know as we're 
we are recording this in the middle of lockdown middle depending on which country you're in guys but we are we are in the middle of the pandemic and i think what happened at the beginning is a lot of people really rallied around small businesses independent businesses and entrepreneurs and um I celebrate that like I I am the daughter of an entrepreneur so I know what it means you know when somebody says if I don't show up to work I don't get paid because I work for myself um so that's what's been quite beautiful because it is the entrepreneurs that are the innovators you know they see a problem and they just crack on with it and they can often do that a lot faster than a bigger company um and it relies a lot on the community it relies a lot on word of mouth and those are the the ways of business that will be everlasting, like whether that happens online or whether that happens through WhatsApp messages saying, Hey, order this thing from this amazing small business, you know, order your mother's day thing or your birthday thing from there. And I think that that is just so, so, so important. And it's one of the ways that we get to use this hyper-connective world for, for the better. Um, because, you know, this is something that I say to people all the time. I said, look, you, the big companies don't need your PR. They just, they, they don't need it. They have millions going into that. It's the smaller businesses that actually need you. Like when they send you an email to say, hey, how did you find the product? What was the delivery? Like, what was the packaging? A real human, and I'm sure we've all seen the memes, does a dance. Like a real human celebrates that somebody replied to my testimonial request or to the feedback or that it arrived on time and you like the little note and that's a real human that sat in, you know, in their, in their office or in their living room or in their kitchen and said, how can I make this a special experience for somebody? How can I help somebody solve a problem? How can I inspire somebody today? And that's literally the lifeblood of kind of what they do. So that excites me about Manchester. I remember out of this thing, I need to come and visit for sure. Check out the latest avocado toast spot. Yeah, like, I hope you'll invite me when you come. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, you're like, okay, I'm in town, I'm in town. I know, there's me saying I'm in town. It's like, no, I'm in your city. Um, <laughs> yes. um, oh, I feel like we've tucked into so many things. So this question's probably going to feel quite loaded, but I have to ask it. So this podcast is just all about journeys. You've shared so much of your journey with us today. Um, and I'd just love to know what's the biggest lesson from your journey that you'd love to share with us. I would love to share the lesson that I've learned. And I think I've learned this the hard way. And that is you need to ask for help. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means for you, take it, take what you need from that. But for me, like I've, I am, I am a doer. I am that person who is like, oh, just let me do it. I'll just get on with it myself. And I very much prescribe to that um, saying, like, if you want something done well, do it yourself. Um, and that really hindered me and hindered my growth, especially in business, but also just in life. Um, it's not fun like being an island, existing as an island and existing as this, you know, I am so independent. I don't need anyone else. I don't, you know, I can do it all myself. It's not like, you might think it's helping you, but it's not, <laughs> it's hindering you. And it's not, it's not a weakness to ask for help. It's not, it doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not independent. It doesn't mean that you can't do it yourself. Sometimes it just means that you need help because you can't do everything. And so whether that be in business, in terms of reaching out to a community, like I've just shared, whether that be in life, like a big growth journey that I've gone through in my relationship with my partner. We've been together for 10 years, me and my guy. We, like, I, I had to learn to ask him for help because I was very much that, like, I am a feminist, I am a modern woman, I <laughs> and it hindered me, and it hindered, like, at points, our relationship, because he was just like, why, like, you're struggling so much, like, just tell me what I can help you with, yeah. and so, yeah, that's been a real, real lesson, 
it, it's been a journey to get there to learn how to ask for help to learn when to ask for help like realizing mm. i'm not like i'm not what that 100 i need like i need to reach out to someone else to help me with this um and being really confident and okay with that yeah it's amazing amazing lesson thank you <laughs> and also snap on the relationship oh and snap on the relationship lesson as well I had to learn that (laughs) so 10 years with my partner and at the beginning it was just like what is going on yeah and I remember like so we got together in uni so I remember kind of afterwards I had a period of time where I was out of work got into a bit of financial trouble um was on job seekers like not hand did the ostrich thing basically with it um thankfully I was like still living at home and stuff like that so it wasn't the end of the world but um I took for granted that he would have wanted to support me had he known but because I didn't tell him because I was like I can handle it it's cool I'm gonna focus on applying for a new job then it's all gonna be fine and then I'll phone them up there and set up a payment plan and then yeah I did the ostrich thing and then I didn't realize how that would have made him feel because again independent woman why is it any of your business why do you care sounds very mean but if you can relate, you can relate. Um, and then I had to learn to trust that, you know, if you say you care about me, then actually I have to trust you when you say, if I see you struggle, I genuinely actually want to help. But sometimes I can't unless you let me or you let me know how. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What a gift. Learning, learning what a gift it is to receive that and what a gift it is for someone else to give you that. Yeah. Because I think this whole, you know, I'm not going to get too woo, but this whole like abundance and law of attraction stuff is being really grateful for receiving that help Mm. because that other person is giving generously. And if you're like, no, no, back in their way, like, no, I don't want your help. help. It's like you're blocking it. Yeah. (laughs) literally why would you block good things yeah exactly that's a conversation for another coaching session but (laughs) I want to wrap up with a bit of fun um and it's word association don't think about it too much it's just going to be a snap reaction whatever comes to mind when I say the word um is what I want you to share with us um so I can see you're prepping there so I'm just going to do a countdown three two one Manchester. Bees. Oh, I love that. I want to unpack that. I'm breaking the game. I'm breaking the rules of the game. Just Google Manchester Bee and then you'll understand. Okay, perfect. I'm going to do that. I'm going to Google it, guys. I'm going to put it in the show notes because it's huge. Kat has a tattoo of the Manchester Bee as well. I'm going to see if I can put pictures in the show notes, but I'm going to do it. It's real. The Northern Pride is real. Okay, I'm going to jump back into the game. <laughs> um confidence clarity mm. women power business freedom growth hard <laughs> lasagna cheese amazing that was the last one <laughs> that was so good I love playing word association because you just never know what's going on in the mind <laughs> digging into your mind tonight and all the Londoners listening will learn about the the symbolism of the Manchester Bee which is yeah great. homework guys homework. <laughs> go and find it out I'll find it out and I'll drop a link and let's have a chat about it um connect with connect with us online um and to that note i'd love to hear from you kat where can people connect with you how can they work with you all of that good stuff that you've got going on thank you so much that's so generous my instagram is at cat underscore horrocks that's where i'm hanging out pretty much every day especially in lockdown life (laughs) (laughs) so come say hi um, I'm sharing like coaching IGTV videos on there um, if you would like to learn more about working with me you can head to cathorrocks.com 
where you'll find all the info you need about one-to-one coaching and I also do group coaching but you can't sign up for that yet so later in the year I'll be running another round um but the best place is to follow me on Instagram and head to my website cathorrocks.com and if you want to sign up for the wait list for the group or one-to-one coaching info then you can also join my newsletter which is at the top of my website and you'll get some free goodies when you join that too oh we like free goodies and just in case you miss that section of the podcast she has a podcast called put yourself first podcast i think it's called the put yourself first podcast is it when you search what are you searching probably like you can search both okay cool (laughs) put yourself first the put yourself first whatever you want to do but yeah thanks for shouting out my own podcast because i always forget that (laughs) Uh, it's like you have you have many things going on it's all good (laughs) um all of the links will go in the show notes guys so don't feel like you have to memorize it um but thank you so much i'm gonna stop recording but thank you so much (laughs) you for listening to this week's episode of the phenomenal career podcast where you hear the how why and what it takes to build a career that stands out don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think i'd love to hear from you did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the career clubhouse you can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops check the links in the show notes for more info As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career.